Love the nouns, love the pronouns, impersonal and personal. Love the words from ELFM. The best laid schemes o' mice and men gang aft a glee. A saying we're all familiar with and one that certainly applies here. We had intended a repeat of last year's warm and wonderful Burns Night here on Chapel FM with live music, haggis and neeps, plus live readings of the great man's work. But COVID's restrictions put paid to that. Nevertheless, we determined to bring you poetry and song in a Burns Night special edition on Peter's Love the Words. From a well-known saying to a well-known song, we open with My Love is Like a Red, Red Rose, by Eddie Reader. My love is like a red, red rose It's newly sprung in June My heart is like a melody That sweetly Deep in love am I 
So that was Eddie Reader with My Love Is Like a Red Red Rose. Welcome wherever you are in the world to Burns Night here at Chapel FM on East Leeds FM. Of course, we're not at Chapel FM, sadly, this year. We had an inaugural Burns Night last year and it was a, a, a rare success. It was wonderful. It was great. And lots of people there, full a full house and lots of performers as well presented by James Fernie. James is is presenting tonight. Um, hello, James. Hiya, Peter. Can you hear uh, me there? Uh, absolutely. It's great to, that, we're, that we're doing this and well done for, uh, for, for, for keeping us up to the mark. <laughs> well, I think it would have been a real shame. There's enough rubbish happening at the minute to have lost Burns Night. Would have been a crime. So I think we've done well to to put something together, and it's a good show. Absolutely, really looking forward to what we've got uh, ahead of us tonight. We've also got Tony Macaluso here. Hello, Tony. Hi, Peter. Hi, James. Hi, Tony. And, uh, Tony's going to be reading some uh, some poems by Robert Burns. In fact, he's, you've got one uh, ready for us now, Tony. It's here, right in front of me, ready to go, and it's one that I think fits the moment well in terms of all of us having to. Uh, I don't know, make the most of what we have around us in our little lockdown caves that we're all living in, but finding the, the little things. So here, this is called Contented with Little and Canty with Mare. Contented with little and canty with mare, whenever I foregather with sour and care, I give them a scalp, and there's they're creeping along with a cog of good swats and an old Scottish song. I whiles claw the elbow, troublesome thought, but man is a soldier and life is a thought. My mirth and good humor are coin in my pouch, and my freedom's my lordship, ne monarch dare touch. A torment of troubles should that be my fay, my faw. A night of good fellowship southers it all. When at blithe end of our journey at last, what the devil ever thinks of the road he has passed? Blind chance let her snap her and stoit on her way. Be it to me, be it fray me, even let the jad gay. Come ease or come travail, come pleasure or pain. My worst word is welcome and welcome again. <laughs> Wonderful stuff, read by Tony Macaluso. Hey, James, marks out of ten there. Well, I, I, I'm just flabbergasted. You know, ten out of ten, eleven out of ten. You wouldn't know that man was American Italian. He's he's well on his way to being jock. Well done, great accent, Tony. Loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Right, well, now um, James asked me earlier on to read uh, a verse from Tamashanta. It's a long, epic poem by Burns. Uh, I'm just reading, I think it's verse 9, or is it verse 8? Verse 8, uh, some experts out there will know. Um, so, uh, not a competition, but I'm doing my best here against, but hard to follow, <laughs> that act from Tony. Here we go. From Tamashanta by Robert Burns. But pleasures are like poppies spread. You seize the flower, its bloom is shed. Or like the snow falls in the river. A moment white then melts forever. Or like the borealis race. That flit there, you can point their place. Or like the rainbow's lovely form. Evanishing amid the storm. Ni man can tether time or tide. The hour approaches, Tam must ride. That hour, a knight's black arch, the keystone. A dreary hour, he mounts his beast in. And such a night, he tucks the road in. As ne'er poor sinner was abroad in. The wind blew as t'would blown its last. The rattling showers rose on the blast. The speedy gleams, the darkness swallowed. Loud, deep, and long, the thunder bellowed. That night, a child might understand. The Dale had business on his hand. 
John Anderson, my jewel, John Anderson, my jewel. When we were first acquainted, your locks were like the raven, your bonny brow was brent. But now your brow is belled, John, and your locks are like the snow. But blessings on your frosty pal, John Anderson, my jewel. John Anderson, my jewel, we'd claim the hell together. John Anderson, my jewel. John Anderson, my jewel. Robert Burns, the man. <clears throat> Much more than Scotland's national poet. Robert Burns has become a symbol of Scottish national identity, whose works are read, recited and sung in schoolrooms, Burns suppers and in concerts all around the world. Born on 25th of January 1759, the eldest of six children, his father was a market gardener in the Ayrshire hamlet of Alloway. Some time after Burns was born, his father leased a nearby farm, and so began Burns's lifelong connection with the land and the rhythms of the natural world. His family led a very frugal, physically demanding life, and the young Burns turned to writing and poetry as an escape from the harsh circumstances. His father, together with other local tenant farmers, formed a cooperative that enabled them to hire a teacher to educate their children. By his mid-twenties, he was an accomplished writer of verse, publishing his first work, poems chiefly in the Scottish dialect, in 1786, and he left a legacy of well over 600 poems and songs. His work shows an acute insight into human behaviour, often reflecting his own conflicting political opinions. Burns was sympathetic towards the American and the French revolutions, and he also demonstrated a rare talent for satire and caricature. He was witty and an unashamed romantic who enjoyed the company of his bachelor friends but was a fervent admirer of the fair sex and, according to his brother Gilbert, was ever the victim of some fair enslaver. Pinch of salt with that. Burns died on 21st of July 1796 at the rather young age of 37 rheumatic heart disease from his early years being his downfall. It should be noted that bagpipes, along with the kilts and the tartan in general, were outlawed in Scotland during Burns' lifetime following the Battle of Culloden. So forget the shortbread tin imagery that's promoted. Burns, actually, his preferred instrument was a fiddle and he was viewed as a gifted player of the same.
a parcel of rogues in a nation by Robert Burns Farewell to all our Scottish fame Farewell our ancient glory Farewell e'en to our Scottish name Si famed in martial story Now Sark runs over the Solway sands and Tweed runs to the ocean to mark where England's province stands such a parcel of rogues in a nation. What force or guile could not subdue through many warlike ages is wrought now by a coward few for hireling traitors' wages. The English steel we could disdain, secure in valour's station. But English gold has been our bane, such a parcel of rogues in a nation. I would, for I had seen the day that treason thus could sell us, 
My old grey head had lain in clay with Bruce and loyal Wallace. But pith and power till my last hour I'll make this declaration. We were bought and sold for English gold. Such a parcel of rogues in a nation. So a wonderful poem there from Robert Burns. Before that you heard Lau, wonderful band from Scotland doing Carvey Yows, one of Burns's greatest songs in my opinion. Um, we've got uh, James Fernie and Tony Macaluso here with myself, Peter Spafford, presenting Burns Night Chapel FM. We're not a Chapel FM, of course. We're broadcasting from our different homes. Uh, and uh, Elliot is, as usual, masterminding the whole thing over a haggis. He's apparently he's got the haggis on, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, he's he, he's double tasking there with his haggis and his uh, and his teching. Fantastic! I wouldn't I wouldn't dare to do that. So, um, James, yeah, did you enjoy that yeah. version of Car the Owls? Oh, beautiful! It, it it just it's it's a total different feel. The fiddle's just it's so weighty, but yet light if you if, if, if that's not a, a a contradiction it's just a lovely touch a lovely touch um and a, as you say it's a beautiful poem a beautiful song um yeah lovely and stuff lovely stuff parcel of rogues can you give us any background on the poem well he as mentioned earlier he was he was a, a a real believer in both the French and the American Revolution. And remember that at the time, uh, the kilt, the tartan, the bagpipes, all of these things were outlawed. Uh, George II, I think it was. Um, so they had pretty much lost their, their identity, their cultural face, if you will. Uh, and then where he would have been expecting them to stand up for themselves and be independent thinkers. Uh, much of what was going on was being bought and sold with English money, English gold. And so that's pretty much what that's about, the hypocrisy of the whole thing. And if, bear in mind the rebellions, 1715, 1745, uh, Scotland was pretty much divided in that. Um, a lot of the Highlanders and the Bonnie Prince Charlie thing, a lot of that was tied down to Catholicism. So you had that whole thing going on and you had clans fighting against clans and fighting on the side of the English against clans. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a sad story. Um, and this on the day that... Uh, sorry, James, this on the day that... Uh, one of the headlines I saw uh, was about polls indicating that a majority of Scots would favour independence from England. Polls out today. What do you reckon to that? Well, I think... I don't see how anyone can be surprised by that. Um, Scotland, as a nation, have throughout the past century more... Primarily a working class people, they're Labour supporters, but Labour has died up there um, and has been replaced, not by the Tories, um, but by some Liberal, but by and large by the SNP. And in, in, in my younger days, the SNP were frowned upon because at the start they were absentee landlords. They were the rulers, the aristocracy, the English, right? So. Um, what you've got now is Scotland has been for a long time, regardless of who they vote for, they have been ruled by the Tories. So they vote time and again for, for socialism, for the, for the Labour Party, but they end up with a Tory government. So until you have proportional representation, that's never going to change. And the people who 
a part of the system, they're never going to allow for that because then they lose the power. Um, and so Brexit has been a huge, a huge force in, in turning people towards uh, the breakup of, of the United Kingdom, uh, looking towards independence. So Brexit is a big factor. The people of Scotland, by and large, want to stay in Europe, have uh, fought for that and obviously get nowhere. Um, and, and Johnson and his government, their behaviour, and they're even talking about taking away the, the, the power, such as it is, of the Scottish Parliament. So, I, could, you know, I think it's pretty obvious why the people are turning away. They want to leave uh, the Tories behind and they would love to rejoin Europe. Um, I'm, well, I'm, I'm not a, a nationalist, but I would like very much to be back in Europe. Um, and we've just got rid of one Trump. It'd be great to get rid of another. Maybe I shouldn't be saying <laughs> that here, but uh, that's the way I feel. You know what I'm saying? How many Trumps did it take to change a light bulb? Well, I'd rather they weren't touching any light bulbs because, anyway, so, yeah. Wouldn't trust think, them with I a light bulb. The, no. We're going to go to Tony now. Tony, obviously, uh, from Chicago, as we mentioned, from America. Tony, um, the reputation of Robert Burns in, in, in the States, is there a big Burns night situation out there? There probably are some hidden around, but before I came here, I'd, I'd never, never been to one and never really, never really heard of one. But now wherever I go, whether back to Chicago or Italy on January 25th, I'll make sure that there's, there's one happening or I'm part of one. <laughs> I, I have seen them uh, firsthand, Tony, in New York and in Texas. Mm. Just like so, Paddy's days, Paddy's days massive in, in, in New York. Tony, you've uh, got a piece from Burns to read in relation to the United States. Uh, Burns was obviously watching that situation very closely. Uh, you know, the independence of... Uh, of America from uh, from British rule. Yes, and James pointed this one out to me. Last year in Burns Night, I told the story about Abraham Lincoln and his love of Burns, that he read Burns all throughout his life, quoted Burns. Uh, and this year, James pointed out that Burns wrote a poem about George Washington that was actually hidden, kind of lost for almost a century, but apparently back in 1793, so the legend goes, Burns was at a private dinner and wanted to propose a toast to George Washington and his fellow diners, maybe fearful of, of uh, upsetting the, the, the British, everyone declined to, to make the toast, and Burns apparently sulked through the rest of the evening at, at the cowardice of the, the rest who didn't want to toast. But this, this fact and this poem was, was lost and only got discovered when um, a guy named um, Henry Ward Beecher, who was an abolitionist fighting against slavery, the father of Harriet Beecher Stowe, who wrote the famous novel Uncle Tom's Cabin, he apparently made a speech in the 1850s, just before the Civil War, and quoted the fact that Burns wrote this poem about George Washington, which turned up about 20 years later. A, books, uh, a bookseller found it in a, the manuscript in a bookstore and brought it back and published it in the United States. And so here's a little bit of the, the long and arousing poem that Burns wrote about George Washington and uh, uh, didn't get his uh, fellow diners to toast to. So here's a bit of that. And I think it fits the mood of the past week or two anyway, as well. So Burns writes, No more despot of Columbia's race, a tyrant proudest insults braved. They shout a people freed, they hail an empire saved. Where is man's godlike form? Where is the brow erect and bold? That eye that can be unmoved, behold. The wildest rage, the loudest storm that e'er created fury dared to raise, but come ye sons of liberty, Columbia's offspring brave as free, in danger's hour still flaming in the van, ye know and dare maintain the royalty of man. To thee I turn with swimming eyes, where is that soul of freedom fled? Show me that eye which shot immortal hate, blasting the despot's proudest bearing, 
Show me that arm which, nerved with thundering fate, crushed usurpations bold as daring, dark quenched as yonder sinking star. No more that glance lightens afar, that palsied arm no more whirls on the waste of war. A Fond Kiss Whilst in Edinburgh in 1787, Burns met with, already married but separated, Agnes Nancy McElhose and began a relationship with her. Over time, they exchanged letters using pseudonyms, she, Clarinda, and he, Sylvander. Agnes had left her husband due to his mental cruelty and depression some seven years earlier. She was determined to get to know Burns, having met earlier via a friend, and invited him to tea, and so began their affair that stretched over four years. However, it is said that Nancy resisted his physical advances and that Burns had a child with her maid instead. Who knows? Anyway, they maintained the love affair until she returned to her husband in Jamaica, leaving Edinburgh in 1791. Nancy wrote in her journal, This day I can never forget parted with Burns in the year 1791, never more to meet in this world. Oh, may we meet in heaven. She wrote that same inscription in her journal on the very same day, every year, for 40 years. Burns wrote a fond kiss for Agnes and sent it to her, and he continued to send her poems over the years. It is said that he kept a silhouette of her until his death. Unrequited love sealed with a fond kiss. I give you Eddie Reader and a fond kiss. Her was to love her. 
Had we never loved so kindly Had we never loved so blindly Nor never met Nor never parted We would never have been so broke Sleeket, cooing, timorous beastie. Oh, what a panic's in thy breastie. Now, needna start away so hasty with bickering brattle. I would be lathe to run and chase thee with murder and paddle. I'm truly sorry man's dominion has broken nature's social union and justifies that ill opinion which makes thee startle at me, thy poor earth-born companion and fellow mortal. I doubt now, whiles, but thou may thieve. What then? Poor beastie, thou maun live. A daemon icker and a thrace, a small request. I'll get a blessing with a lave. I never missed it. Thy wee bit housey, too, in ruin. It still was, the winds are strewn. And Nathan now to big a new in, o' foggage green. And bleak December's winds and soon, both smell and keen. Thou saw the fields laid bare and wast, and weary winter coming fast, and cosy here beneath the blast. Thou thought to dwell, till crash, the cruel coulter passed out through thy cell. That wee bit heap of leaves and stibble has caused thee mony a weary nibble. Now thou's turned out for all thy trouble, but house or hall to thole the winter's sleety dribble, and Cranruch called. But Mousy, 
thou art no thy lane, and proven foresight may be vain. The best laid schemes o mice and men gang after glee, and lee is now but grief and pain for promised joy. Still, thou art blessed compared with me. The present only toucheth thee. Ugh, I backward cast my ee on prospects drear. And forward though I can see, I guess and fear. So that was Dawn still reading to a mouse. Uh, you're listening to Burns Night at Chapel FM Art Centre on East Leeds FM with myself, Peter, James, Fernie and Tony Macaluso. Um, last year we were live in the chapel with lots of guests and lots of audience going out to the world. And one of the guests um, there with us that night was Mel Mary Callum Carey, and, uh, she's a proud Scot and uh, with a fascinating history uh, career at the BBC. Um, so um, Tony recently chatted to Mary Callum Carey and asked her to contribute to tonight's Burns Night. Burns Night 2021, we're very excited to welcome, joining us remotely from Scotland, Mary Callum Karen. Mary, hello, how are you? I'm very good. All the better for this to be the day of Burns Night. So um, <clears throat> it's wonderful to be invited back to this. It really is. A, it's a, a pleasure. So what, uh, what poem have you chosen or poem or song have you chosen? I've chosen John Anderson, my Joe John. Bond was very fond of women. He really respected women. What I liked about this one, you know, he was only 36 when he wrote this one, and it was about love in old age. I like it because most of his songs are, are written for young women, you know, his young lovers and everything. Then at that age of 36, to really get this feeling of getting older and uh, how you manage things and how, how you're still in love with the person you're with. John Anderson, my Joe John, when we were first of wind, your locks were like the raven, your bonny brew was brent. No, your brew is belled, John, your locks are like the snow, but blessings on your frosty pow, John Anderson, Majo, John Anderson, my Joe, John, we climbed life's hill together. I money a canty day, John, we had we in another. Now. We must totter down, John, but hand in hand we'll go. We'll sleep together at the foot, John Anderson, Majo. Fantastic to hear you singing that and joining us from Scotland to here in Leeds. It's so such a joy to to get to spend some time with you and have you part of Burns Night here in Yorkshire, Mary. It's fantastic to have it in Yorkshire because, you know, Yorkshire in some ways kind of reminds me of Scotland. Something about it and the people that I love coming up to Yorkshire. Cheerio the now. <laughs> For all that and all that by Robert Burns. Is there for Honest poverty that hangs his head and all that. The coward slave we pass him by. We dare be poor for all that. For all that and all that. Our toils obscure and all that. The rank is but the guinea's stamp. The man's the goad for all that. What through on hamely fair we dine, we're hodden grey and all that. Give fools their silks and knaves their wine, a man's a man for all that. For all that and all that, 
the tinsel show and all that. The honest man, though earthy poor, is king of men for all that. You see yon birkie called a lord, what struts and stares and all that, though hundreds worship at his word, he's but a coof for all that. For all that and all that, his ribboned star and all that, the man of independent mind, he looks and laughs at all that. A prince can make a belted knight, a marquis, duke and all that, but an honest man's a boonis might, good faith he mourns for that. For all that and all that, their dignities and all that, the pith of sense and pride of worth are higher rank than all that. Then let us pray that come it may, as come it will for all that, that sense and worth o'er all the earth shall bear the gree and all that. For all that and all that, it's coming yet for all that, that man to man the world o'er shall brothers be for all that. So you're listening to Love the Words, a Burns special. That was James Fernie reading for all that. And this is a celebration of the poet uh, Robert Burns. And what a fantastic poet he was and is. Uh, every time I hear a poem of his read, and very well by James just now, but in these last two Burns nights tonight and last last year in Chapel FM, I realised really anew, a kind of, it hits me, what a fantastic, wonderful poet he was and what a what a human being as well, covering humankind in all you know, its um, frailty, but also <laughs> in all our sort of glory as well. Uh, so uh, that's the end of our Burns Night tonight. Um, so thanks very much to everybody who's taken part in it and Tony Macaluso and, of course, James Fernie for getting this together and Elliot back home uh, at the centre of things, technically. So I'm going to pass you over to James for the final word. Oh, for all that and all that, it is, without doubt, it's a favourite of mine. Powerful stuff. And as you say, Peter, the man, the human condition and his insight, his sensitivity... Going back those days, the soil, the, the beasts, the creatures, the bugs, and the buffoons. What a lovely mix. <laughs> anyway, so, and I thought, Mary, Mary, she's just, she brings so much infectious joy to the piece. She's such a lovely individual. So thanks, Mary. Um, and really, it's just to say good night and hope that you folks had a good time when you were with us here. Um, we're going to leave you with a beautiful wee song from The Man, sung by Eddie Reader again. And this is Willie Stewart. I love this too because uh, you just stay with it and when it gets to the jig, we would love to know if you folks were up on your feet, jigging, dancing, and hooking and chooking. Good night to you all. Bumpers high, express your joy, the bowl we must renew it. The chapter ten guy, bring our band to welcome Willie Stewart. You're welcome, Willie Stewart. You're welcome, Willie Stewart. This narrow flower that blooms in me, the taps of welcomes thou art. 
strong and friends be slack Their action must they rue it May woman on him turn her back The bring the Willie Stewart You welcome Willie Stewart You welcome Willie Stewart There's near a flower that blooms in May The tap so welcomes the wild It grows, it feeds, it falls And nature cannot renew it But worth and truth, eternal youth Will give to Willis Stewart May she whose arms shall unfold thy charms Possess a loyal and true heart to her be given to came the heaven she holds and Willie Stewart you welcome Willie Stewart you welcome Willie Stewart there's near a flower that blooms in me the taps welcomes the wild welcome Willie Stewart oh, you welcome, welcome Willie Stewart there's near a flower that blooms in me the taps welcomes the wild Love the haiku, love the sonnet, love the quatrain and the couplet, love the words, from East Leeds FM. So you're listening to Love the Words here on East Leeds FM. And tonight we have Joe Brandon, the poet, with us. Hello, Joe. Hello. Thank you for having me on today. Oh, it's uh, it's great to have you here. And you're celebrating, and we are celebrating, uh, a new collection from you, a new poetry collection. So, um, yeah, first of all, just tell us a little about it before you read your first poem. Okay, well, it's, um, it's called Cures. It's out with uh, Yorkshire publisher Valley Press, um, who published my previous two books as well. Um, and the title Cures sort of relates to um, all the ways that we seek uh, distractions and hope and uh, things to make us better. Um, so there's, there's a sense of folly in the collection, uh, the misguided, but there's also a sense of hope too. It's... it's, it's uh... It would be nice to feel that hope wasn't folly at the moment, particularly. <laughs> Great. Yeah, definitely. 
So, um, yeah, we can read us a few poems from, from the collection. So, yeah, give us your first one. Okay, this first poem is called Staying Under. My mother was turned away from her neighbour's door with me in arms, though she were lonely enough to eat her own hair. But what is loneliness next to the transgression of ill-wishing? The ill-wishing a woman brings if she leaves her bed too soon, goes from under her husband's roof, knocks on any other than the church door, is unclean, does pollute with newborn cries and the smell of unchanged sheets. I will never be turned away like her. Nine months I've spent gathering reeds, loosening limp heather, pulling at straws, weaving a smaller roof, my husband's in miniature, that will perch over my hair like a Spanish hood, a daintier thatch that will protect their look, a twist and turn about the proper way of things, I'm sure they'll say. They'd prefer to bind me a bed with close walls in the stifling heat of summer-lit fires, but they can't chastise the rightness out of this. I could almost have laughed at Mother Moon these past nights as I stole big-bellied up our ladder, swifter than the fox that eyes my coop. Sure-footed, I thin my husband's roof while stonily he sleeps. Now I have my churching veil, my saint's gable, a talisman of patched logic. I will not step foot from under roof too soon. So you say, in terms of the the themes of the of the of the collection, um, things that distract us. That that yeah, are we are we cured by distractions? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder if the collection sort of asks more questions than it gives answers to. I mean, it's definitely about the quest, uh, the universal quest that we go all go on to sort of. Um, you know, feel better, stronger, younger, happier. Um, and as I say, sometimes we are a bit misguided in our search, a bit foolish. Um, but I think also the collection does hone in on things that are quite meaningful um, in life, like family and feeding a curious mind and expressing our creativity. Um, so, yeah, there's a mix there. <laughs> and how have you been? I mean, a lot's happened for you over the last two or three years but uh, you, how have you been over this last nine months during lockdown have you been uh, writing have you been busy in other ways uh, it's been a real sort of peaks and troughs sort of period to be honest um, there have been times I mean at the beginning of uh, lockdown uh, originally I'd had a real writer's block uh, and I didn't write for several months and then I've had periods where I've been very productive um, people have asked me um, because of the name of the collection cures whether this has uh, been written in reaction to what's happened um, and uh, I mean it hasn't there, there is one lockdown poem in there one poem in response to lockdown um, but actually it's been sort of five years in the writing so it's a sort of strange coincidence that um, it's come out at this time um, but I think the, the response that I've had so far has been people have been quite curious about um, poems that respond to the idea of cures in this time. Um, mm. And I hope there's enough in there to distract people's minds. I don't want, there's not too much doom and gloom. There are some melancholy pieces in there. But as I say, there's, there are some uh, cheeky and hopeful pieces in there as well. The last time I saw you, actually, I think was uh, in Wakefield at the, at the Red Shed. Yes, and I saw your very talented son play as well. That was amazing. It was a lovely evening, actually, uh, with uh, the Red Shed readings. And um, you were also involved with the Leeds Dortmund 50 uh, project, which we did. You were one of the poets working with with a German poet paired up. And how, how was that for you? That was magical, actually. That was, uh, I mean, Connie and I are still in, in touch. We uh, do a bit of pen palling um, via email and... Um, that's been a wonderful relationship. So I'm really grateful that I got to do the project just from that standpoint. But also from a creative standpoint, um, I got to explore, we explored the idea of neighbourhood, didn't we? And I got to explore sort of leads and and um, the idea of home through poetry. Uh, and actually the main poem that I wrote for um, LD50 is in the collection. Um, so you'll find your name, Peter, in the, in the acknowledgements. I don't think I told you, but uh, you've got a sneaky mention in there. <laughs> Great. Oh, well, it was lovely to have you part of that project, and I'm so glad that you're still in touch with uh, with Connie, one of the German 
poets that we were involved with. Um, it'd be lovely to hear another poet, a poem, Joe. Oh, cuss, yeah. Um, I'm going to read you uh, a poem that's inspired by Howarth, um, nice West Yorkshire link here, and it's called In Search of Heathcliff. In Search of Heathcliff, I learnt a few things. Ticks do not care if you are of a romantic and highly strong disposition. They will seek out your tender places. Some, at least, are erogenous, knee-backs, groin-fold and under-pit. The sun will shine when you reach top withens, though you wanted the long skirt in which you trip-hiked across the moor to bluster and snag upwards in the terse wind, to be sodden-hemmed and your scarf-shawl too thin to contain your shivers. The day will be still, warm and dry, families serenely picnicking. When you are most immersed in your daydreams, seated on a rock among the heather, mouthing Bronte's words and your own, you will be come upon by someone you know, though not well enough to explain your strangeness. When you stretch your legs up the hill at Howarth to seek well-earned solitude with Heathcliff over coffee and thumb-brittled pages, you will see him sharing every other table even with those yet to break the spine. Great stuff again. Thank you, Jo. So we're talking to Jo Brandon about her new collection, Cures. Um, so, Jo, you're with, with, with Valley Press again. You've had a, is it one or two collections before with them? Um, so I've had one full length and one pamphlet with them. Must be good and to be uh, back yeah, with them. It is, it is. It feels like family. I mean, Jamie's uh, always... Uh, been very invested uh, in my poetry and very grateful that he would publish another book um, so it's been lovely to work with him again and uh, and have that and to be honest it's been really nice to have a focus um, over lockdown actually to have something with a, a sort of tangible end point um, so uh, mm. yeah that's it's been really special in that way too. And um, you're launching the book on Thursday, in fact, now it may be that this program goes out later than the launch. But uh, tell us anyway about the launch and what your plans are and, and how that differs from perhaps uh, a launch in normal times. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to admit, I was a bit nervous uh, about the launch this year because I, I really didn't it was hard to plan um, and I know a lot of writers um, have had to sort of rejig things around so I really didn't know what shape it would take and uh, I hadn't had much experience with online readings prior to lockdown um, so it's all been new territory but thankfully um, I had a bit of a, a knight in shining armour in the form of uh, Leeds Libraries and Matthew Headley Stoppard who um, they already host um, a sort of um, open mic and uh, launch events. Um, they'd done one before featuring Matthew um, and also Anne Caldwell, uh, which I went along to and was fabulous fun. So do keep an eye for future events as well that they do. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Matthew sort of invited me to um, to come and, and launch Cures there. Um, and then also the added treat is that I get to hear everybody else's work at the open mic as well. So I think it's a really nice way to celebrate. Um, so if you look up uh, Leeds Libraries events online or if you're on Facebook, um, have a look at the Leeds Libraries Facebook page. Um, and the event is titled Cures. Um, so you can find it that way and you can sign up. It's completely free. Um, and there are also details about how to sign up for the open mic as well if you'd like to come along and share a poem. Uh, it starts 7pm uh, and it ends 8.30. Um, so nice, short and sweet. And um, yeah, it'd be lovely to see to see as many people there as possible. It'd be lovely to have you there. Great. Well, it's been lovely to talk to you about Cures. And, and also, yeah, if, if people want to get hold of the book, um, how do they do that? The best way, I think, would probably be going to the Valley Press website, which is www.valleypressuk.com. Um, and the book is on there um, as one of the new releases. Um, and actually, Valley Press have got some really interesting titles out this January. There's some um, memoir and um, some fiction on there as well. So it's worth having a look. Um, yeah. So. Fantastic. Well, um, if you'd like to read us one more poem, that would be very lovely. 
but I'd quite like to read a poem that was um, inspired by my little boy Finn. So on the one hand, this is as soppy as I get in poetry. <laughs> on the other hand, it really is just a product of uh, sleep deprivation, uh, this poem. so. Um, but it's called Those Hours. They were hours that passed without moment, without thought. Deep sleep ferried me across their dark expanse, or else unease tingled when I awoke during those witching hours, hours I associated with dying or chronic unsleep. Then you unboxed them, bright, full hours, and the noises outside hinted that others knew. Those chittering birds had been keeping secrets. The sky is never really lightless. The night is never quiet. We sang and cradled while you fed and teased us with drooping lids. I missed the big canvas of sleep. I did. But now when I wake in those hours, wee hours that are yours, I wake differently, ears pricked for all the sounds of you. Then, softly, I let in the night, let it sit peacefully, leaning against me like a tired friend as I've always let those sun-full hours pull me up and whirl again. Thanks so much, Joe. Really looking forward to seeing the collection, getting my hands on a copy. Um, so that's Cures by Joe Brandon, published by Valley Press, and you can get the book from Valley Press. I've got a great website. Uh, don't hesitate. Launches on Thursday evening. Thanks very much, Joe. Oh, thank you very much, Peter, for chatting with me. And, um, yeah, I look forward to hearing the rest of the show. Love the control. Love the command. Love the space bar and the hard return. Love the words from East Leeds FM. <laughs> <laughs>